needed. I've been having conversations with folks and knocking on doors and witnessing to folks over the last several weeks and the various things that I hear about why they go to church or where they go to church or why they don't go to church or the reasons they don't go to church. Uh, it's amazing what you hear today. Uh, and people have all kinds of reasons why they do what they do. Uh, and I want you to consider, as a believer in Christ Jesus, about the will of God for your life. And I want you to consider tonight, when things go well and when things go wrong and when things are turned upside down, we're to look to God and give thanks. So it doesn't matter how well things are going. It doesn't matter how poor things are going. It doesn't matter if things are turned upside down. We ought to give thanks to God. Uh, the wonderful thing is, is that if you're here tonight and you're saved, you are saved for all eternity. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> We're not going to die and go to hell. <laughs> and I, I think about that for just a moment. I think about his great grace and his marvelous and wonderful grace. We were singing tonight, great is thy what? Faithfulness. Isn't that a wonderful song? And, and, and you think about that and then thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. And, and we ought to be thankful for those things, but we have so much to thank God for, so much to really thank Him for. And, and, and I uh, have to share a quick story with you, and I'll tell you, I thank the Lord for this. On uh, Friday evening, my barn got broken into, and Edie and I were out to dinner with Elise and uh, Tim, and uh, Emily was home by herself. She heard somebody come up the driveway. She thought it was Connor, and they got into my barn, and uh, before we knew it, uh, we got a call. Emily did all the right things, by the way. She made sure all the doors were locked. She went up to her room. She couldn't find my 9mm, so she took a knife, <laughs> locked her door, called 911, and they got there pretty quickly. So we had Botkins and Jackson Center, and we had the uh, Shelby County uh, Sheriff's Department. And I thank the Lord. Uh, we have taught our daughter when things go wrong, there is 911 and there's a 9mm. And... Uh, and so, you know, I've taught her uh, these things and taught her how to shoot the 9mm. Uh, next on the list, Dave, is my 45. So, uh, but the fact is, is that I'd never want my daughter to have to do that. But if she had to, that she'd be able to protect herself. Um, and you say, what about all that? Were you upset? Were you angry? Were you mad? No. Actually, I think the police uh, sirens went off quick enough that whoever was in my driveway decided to shut the doors and get out of there. She actually thought it was Connor at first and realized it was not him. And I don't know what they were after. I don't know what they were scouting. I don't know what they wanted. And you know, the crazy thing is, is my next door neighbor is a Shelby County deputy. And, uh, and so I uh, want to let him know what happened. Why they did it, I don't know. Why it happened, I have no idea. Why they were there, I'm clueless. But they were smart enough to go into my barn and turn my LED lights on. So boom, it lit up. And so Emily knew something was going on and realized it wasn't Connor out there. You say, do you give thanks to the Lord for that? Yeah, I do. You know why? My daughter knew what to do. She made sure all the doors were locked, and the police got there in a very short period of time. Amen? And she was able to get a hold of me and her brother very quickly, and she was safe. Do I thank the Lord for that? Of course I do. do you, you say, are you thanking the Lord because your barn got broken into? No, not really. Uh, but the fact is, is that there's a lot to thank him for, isn't there? And so I share that story with you because that was the will of God for some reason in my life that night, right? And, and I don't understand it. I don't know why it happened, but I'm thankful to the Lord that everything turned out as it did. 
And I got to meet some officers <laughs> and witness to them <laughs> and tell them who I was. And, and so God opened a door of opportunity, and so I told uh, uh, Sergeant Southers, I want to have lunch with you. He said, man, that'd be great. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So God maybe opened a door that I could not. Now the criminals opened my door too, but... <laughs> <laughs> How many would say this day was perfect a day? This, this day worked out completely as planned. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many of you have those days and you're thinking, good night. I, if I could just stop and just go back and start over again. Anybody ever been there? And, and you think about things. Have you ever stopped to consider that our plans sometimes, our plans that we set out to do, they'll fail? Did you ever think that? We never think our plans are going to fail, but they do sometimes, don't they? And we set out to do something. Uh, Miss Connie, Saturday, Michael and I were just psyched. You know, we're out. We're knocking doors. We're thinking, man, we're going to have a boatload of kids. And three came. So we're all planned out about what we're going to do, and our plans changed. So we're going from door to door, and no, and no, and no, and no. And the more I went, I was like, oh, man. So Mike said, if these last three don't go on, get on, Dad, we don't have anybody. I said, I got you, Mike. <laughs> You'll be my guest today. Sometimes you don't have them work out as you plan, or they fall apart at times, but the Lord is always right there to pick up the pieces. Have you ever realized that? He's always right there to pick up the pieces and to help sustain you. Uh, do you look to the Lord each day, recognizing that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you? I mean, you read that verse, it says, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. <laughs> So when you read that, you say, well, you, you mean you, right? Not me, no, us, right? It's all of us. And so when you look at this, we often allow our minds to dictate what is the will of God. Let me tell you how we do that. Meaning when all is well and everything's right, this is the will of God for my life. <laughs> However, when all is wrong and nothing's going right, this cannot be the will of God for my life. <laughs> and yet, in everything give thanks, right? For this is the what? Will of God in Christ Jesus concerning whom? You. You. So when things are going well, when things are going wrong, God hasn't left your side. What he's looking for is, are we going to stick by him when things go wrong? I want to challenge us in our thoughts tonight we have a Heavenly Father that we should give continual thanks to for all things and in every situation because He promised us this. And can we stand on this promise tonight? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can we really stand on that tonight? Amen. So in everything, give what? Thanks. You see, no matter how things are going, God promised me I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So He's with us regardless of how the circumstances of life are going. He's not left our side. So I want to challenge us with this thought. There's an attitude of the heart that should be consistent, especially with Christians and Christian living, knowing that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us every day. Look at verse 16. God tells us to do something. How often are we to do it, too? But he says, rejoice what? Evermore in verse 16. So how often is that? Just always doing it. And then notice the next phrase in the next verse. We're to first rejoice evermore, then we're to do something else. Do what? Pray without ceasing. And then in everything, give what? Thanks. So we're to rejoice, 
We're to pray and we're to give thanks. Boy, if we just lived that way, wouldn't that be amazing? Just three little steps. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. If that was your routine, imagine how life would be going. I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to pray, I'm going to give thanks. Now, a heart of rejoicing is what I want to talk about first. That word rejoice is to be full of cheer. So when he says rejoice evermore, he says be full of cheer. How often? How long? All the time. And so whenever you look at this, this has the idea, this is not like you're walking around bopping and smiling all the time, but it's a calm happiness that we have, regardless of our circumstances God's teaching us, uh, that, that, that we're to be glad. We can spend an enormous amount of time on situations and circumstances that cannot change. And listen, I am just as guilty as probably every person in here. How many of you have worried or spent time on something you cannot change, yet you keep allowing that to dictate what's in your mind? Guilty. And the thing of it is, in all of that, he said, rejoice how often? Evermore. Now, this time of rejoicing is an attitude of the heart. I believe that it exists in even the most difficult situations that we're to rejoice. Um, and I share this with you. I loved my grandmother. Her name was Edith. <laughs> she was saved. I, I, I had the opportunity to preach her funeral. And, and when I preached my grandmother's funeral, <clears throat> I was rejoicing because I know Edith is in heaven. <laughs> and there was something about it that, that, that there was this rejoicing. And people asked me while I was there, are you not sad? I mean, you were so close. I mean, I lived with my grandmother for an extended period of time. And they said, are you not sad? And I said, I'm going to miss her, but I know grandma's in heaven. And so there was this calmness over me. And I don't have time to tell the whole story, but just the fact that I knew where she was. Sad at heart? Yeah, because I was going to miss her because she's not here to, you know, call up and Say, Grandma, this recipe or that recipe, or Grandma, how do I do this or how do I do that? Hey, Grandma, what was this that you told me to put on whenever my ear was hurting or my eye was hurting or my foot was hurting? She had all kinds of stuff that she used to do. And she thought castor oil was good for everything. So just take a good swig of it and it'll clean you out. And, and, but, but, but it was just, I was sad because I wasn't going to be able to talk to her that way anymore, but I was glad because I knew she was in heaven. It has to do with your relationship with Christ and not any situation. To rejoice evermore has to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ and not your circumstances. You see, our circumstances dictate our attitude sometimes, but our attitude ought to be that He will never leave me nor forsake me, therefore I ought to rejoice even though the problem is big and insurmountable in my mind, I know that He's by my side so I can be okay about this. The word is evermore, at all times, always, always. This is an attitude of the Christian life, an action in the Christian life, a, a spirit, a joyful spirit. This is more than a moment in time. This is the way a believer ought to think all the time. This is the way we ought to act all the time. And I, I got some verses for you now. I'll give them to you quickly because I don't want to spend uh, too much time on the message here tonight, but what do we rejoice over? Well, we can rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, what? 
So how often are we to rejoice? Always. We have things to rejoice over. So we can rejoice in the Lord. You know what else the Bible teaches us? We can rejoice in the gospel. And the Bible teaches us this in Philippians 1.18. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Why? Because of the gospel. I can rejoice over the gospel. I can rejoice in service. I can rejoice in the Lord. I can rejoice in the gospel. I can rejoice in service in Philippians 2.17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. In service, I rejoice. So in the Lord, in the gospel, in service, I rejoice in hope. In hope, in Romans 5.2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. We have so much to rejoice about. We can rejoice in the Lord. We can rejoice in the gospel. We can rejoice in our service. We can rejoice in the hope that he's offered us. We can rejoice in heaven. Amen. Not only when we get there, we can rejoice in it now. You see, if you're saved, you're not jockeying to try to get to heaven. Heaven is your home. We can rejoice over the fact that heaven is our home. And he tells us this in Matthew 5.12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? And we can be glad about that. And we can rejoice about that. We can rejoice in hope in heaven. We can even rejoice in temptations. You say, you've got to be kidding me. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 1, 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, wherein ye greatly what? Rejoice. Even though temptations are before us, we can greatly rejoice in what? In the Lord. We can rejoice in the gospel. We can rejoice in service, in hope, in heaven. Even in the midst of our temptations, we can rejoice in the middle of all of that. We can rejoice in the resurrection. Amen? Amen. In John 16, the Bible says, And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Talking about the resurrection. And you think about this, and ye now therefore have sorrow. Sometimes we feel heavy about things, but the fact is, is but I will see you again. Isn't that wonderful? Now, you talk about a promise in the Bible. He said, I will see you again. That is a powerful statement from our Savior. And he says that after he makes that statement, and your heart shall rejoice. That's a definite promise, isn't it? It's not like it might work out. It's that this shall happen. And he goes on and he says, and your joy, now listen to me, no man taketh from you. You allow people to rob you of the joy of God in your life. Nobody can take it away from you. You choose to let it go. Because the Bible clearly teaches me that I have it, don't I? And no man robbeth me of the joy of my God. You know what else we can rejoice in? In the second coming, amen? I look to the scriptures in Revelation 19.7. He said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. We can rejoice in that, can't we? So what do we have to rejoice about? He says rejoice how often? 
evermore, always, continually. It's just something that should be happening in my life as a believer, something I ought to rejoice over. God has not left us to this miserable Christian life. He's left us to the joy of salvation. Amen? He hasn't left us miserable. Listen, the world itself is miserable, but the joy ought to be in me. Amen? I ought to have some excitement in my life about my relationship with Christ. Stop to consider that when your plans fail and they fall apart at times, God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Rejoice evermore. About what? Well, the Lord, the gospel, service, hope, amen, heaven, the resurrection, the second coming. Hey, the wonderful word of God. <laughs> amen? And we have it. Now, we have a heavenly Father that we should continually thanks for, thank for all things, and we do this through a heart of rejoicing in the Lord continually. So there's an attitude of the heart that should be consistent with Christian living, and part of that is praying. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> I didn't ask you this question. Have you prayed? Because some of us pray. I'm asking you this. Do you have a prayer life? <laughs> Do you have a life of prayer? You see, when he says pray without ceasing, I'm talking about a life of prayer. Paul's talking about a life of prayer. He's talking to the church at Thessalonica, and he's saying, have a life of prayer. My life should be a life of prayer. I should be in continual contact with my Savior. When I look at this, the Scriptures are saturated with this subject of prayer. And by the way, I believe that is the place of victory. Amen? Uh, we, can, we, we have victory through Christ, and so the one that we speak to is our victor. And so where do we go when things are in need in our life, desire in my life, want, situations, circumstances, no matter what it may be, I can go to God because it's a place of victory. I believe on our knees in the presence of God, more Christians ought to be there. And I think things would change in our lives if we would really turn ourselves over to God and give ourselves to prayer. I think so many daily battles are won, and they are won during effectual, fervent prayer. What's the Bible say? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? Much. That is where the battles are won. You see, we get inside our own heads sometimes too much, and we forget to pray. We think that we're going to win the battle by working this thing out in our head, and it doesn't work out in our head. And we allow that to detract from our entire day and it just sucks our life out of us. And the thing of it is, is what we ought to do is just get on our knees and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. And believe me, his yoke is easy and his what? His burden is light. He'll take it. Casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you, doesn't he? And, and we're doing a verse right now that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we what? Ask or think. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. <laughs> Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. John Bunyan said, there's nothing you can do until you've prayed. Once you've prayed, there's little you can do. <laughs> and so we need to pray. If we want to see revival, guess what we need to do? Pray. We need to pray. If we really want to see people get saved, we need to pray. 
Now, we've got to put our feet in action after that, after you've prayed, and if you're praying about somebody, go to them and invite them to church. Share the gospel with them. Give them the message. But we've got to pray. And we need God with us in this thing. And we need to be with God in this thing. The Lord shares simply, pray without ceasing, uninterruptedly. That is, without omission. Continual prayer is not prayer that prevails without any interruption, but prayer that continues whenever possible. I think you ought to be in contact with Jesus as often as you can throughout your day. When you're riding in the car, shut the radio off unless you're listening to the Bible. Spend some time in prayer. Believe me, whatever Fox News said at 6 a.m., they're going to say it. 7 a.m., they're going to say it. 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, till midnight. And the very next morning, they'll probably even tell you what they told you the morning before. I promise you that. Turn it off. I love Rush Limbaugh. I love to listen to him. He has more commercials than he does time on the air anymore. And the thing of it is, is I promise you, Rush will tell you whatever he has to say over and over and over and over again. Turn the radio off. Talk to God. Get alone with him. Hey, you're loading the dishwasher at the house? (laughs) Talk to God. You're mowing the lawn? Talk to God. Amen? Uh, You're running the tractor, Chris? Talk to God. Jim, you're driving down the highway. Talk to the Lord. You said, pray without ceasing. I've got to close my eyes and bow my head. Don't do it when you're on the highway. Get wise and say, you know what? I can talk to God. I can speak to him. My attention is not always drawn away by what I'm doing. I can do this without ceasing. Uninterrupted. (laughs) This is maintaining continuous fellowship with God as much as possible in the midst of your daily life. This does not mean we must always be mumbling prayers. That's not what I'm talking about. But I can be in touch with God pretty regularly. I was up cleaning out the barn yesterday. And uh, as I was cleaning up the barn, uh, I was putting tools away. My boys have moved out. (laughs) They live in an apartment in Walpock. I know I'm going to put them away. They'll still be there. They'll be in their place, you know. But as I was putting the tools away, I was praying for my boys. I'm glad they're here tonight. And God brought all kinds of memories. Has that ever happened to you? So I'm putting the tools away, Chris. <laughs> Tears begin to flow. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to miss them. might not have to clean up that barn again. But you know, I was putting tools away, Chris. I could pray. And I did. You know, there's so many things that don't require all of our attention. We can give time to God, can't we? Just pray. Doesn't mean you're running around mumbling. This is a conversation that I think's never broken. <laughs> I've woken up at night and I'm not bright. And I've woken up at night and realized I was dreaming that I was praying, and I woke up and I was praying, and my wor- words were coming out of my mouth. 
I thought, man, you are a weirdo preacher. <laughs> but I know there are times where it's just never broken, like having the receiver off the hook. How many of you, I call it butt dialing. <laughs> I'm not trying to be crude, but have you ever butt dialed somebody? <laughs> and uh, you like, you know, with your cell phones, and so you call somebody. Brother Bossy does it about three times a week to me. <laughs> I can hear him in the background. <laughs> He might be making breakfast for all I know, but I can hear everything going on in the background. It's the receiver, not off the, you know, the receiver's off the hook all the time. Jesus is listening. He wants to hear from you. And I look at this and I think to myself, he's always open. Psalm 55, 16 and 17, as for me, I will call upon the Lord, and the Lord shall save me evening and morning, and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice, he said in the Psalms. In Daniel 6, 10, 11, Daniel, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four time. In other words, it's not that he just started doing this when he went into captivity. He did what he had always done. He was always praying, wasn't he? He gave three specific times that he would pray, morning, noon, and night. He gave those three times, but the fact is, is that he prayed, didn't he? And we spend time in prayer. And I thought about this. <laughs> I've gotten caught doing some dumb things in my life. But the best thing that's ever happened to me, Miss Carol, is when my kids have walked in on me and thought, Daddy, are you okay? They saw me kneeling and praying. And the sweetest thing, Miss Carol, she came over and kneeled down beside me and prayed. We can pray, can't we? We can spend time in prayer. You know, sometimes our plans, they just fail, don't they? <laughs> they just fall apart. But the wonderful thing is, we have a God that says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. By the way, the receiver is off the hook. <laughs> I can hear you, and I'm ready to listen to you. A heart of prayer. How about a heart of giving thanks? Uh, Jim, Chris, you want to come real quick? We're going to hand these out real fast. Ben, you come too. David, come real quick. We want to hand these out as quickly as we can. Pass them out to those guys. Let's get these out as quickly as we can. I want to get them in the hands of everybody. Everybody got one in their hands there? Yep. Jim, you got one. Chris, you got one, right? Okay. She ended up with three. Jim, you got one? Okay. So in just a moment, uh, Brother Jim, I'm going to get you to read the first five verses. Chris, I'm going to get you to read the next five. So you'll read six through ten, Chris. Uh, Jim, you'll read one through five. And uh, Brother David, you'll read ten through, uh, or eleven through fifteen, okay? You guys good with that? Okay. 
Now, don't look at them right now. I need you to listen to me for a minute, okay? Don't get nervous. They're not hard verses. I want to talk about a heart of giving thanks for just a moment. So, in this passage, it says, in, uh, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I, I think this is something that's really missing today, is people don't really thank people for anything anymore. They never turn around and say thank you, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm kind of going to miss this a little bit. Mike and I have been going out and going door knocking together and uh, driving the bus on Saturday, going and visiting the kids, and then you know going out Sunday morning, going out and picking the kids up and stuff. So we've done that for three weeks since Miss Vicky's been gone. Man, Chris, I've been having a great time, man, to be honest. Sometimes I just want to go do it. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go do this. Get somebody else to preach, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but uh, having a great time, enjoying it thanking someone. I, Mike got out and I said, Mike, I said, I really appreciate it. I said, thank you for helping me. He goes, no, Dad, thank you. It means a lot. You know what I mean? Just saying thank you to somebody for something they've done for you. How many of you turn around and say thank you to somebody once in a while and just say, hey, thank you, I appreciate that. You know? Uh, you think about this, the two previous verses dealt with time always and continually, and this verse deals with circumstances, doesn't it? <laughs> And, and you think about it, as believers, we're to give thanks to God in every situation. Let me give you a couple of verses here. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God. So some people have told me that this verse doesn't mean that you give thanks for everything. <laughs> in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. They told me you don't give thanks for everything. <laughs> and yet, I read over here in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God. What do you do with that one now? Well, wait a minute, I, there's some exceptions to the rule. I mean, I don't know. I must thank him for what? <laughs> all things. And he says in this passage, giving thanks for always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us who to give thanks to, doesn't he? We're to give thanks to God and we're to give thanks to the Father. He tells us in Hebrews 13, 15, he says, By him, uh, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Just for his simple name of God, we ought to give thanks. For the name of Jesus Christ, we ought to give thanks. For the Holy Spirit of God, we ought to give thanks. Amen? Just give thanks. And the basis for this appeal is that God works everything together for good. You think about Romans 8, 28, and what he says, and all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his what? Purpose. <laughs> this is not just good advice, by the way being given. This is the Word of God. Amen? God tells us this is what we ought to have, and this is the spirit that we ought to have. God's will means joy and prayer and thanksgiving to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Revelation eleven seventeen, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Listen, for what God was and is and is going to be. Listen, we can give thanks for everything, can't we? Because he's always been, and we can give thanks for that. Our life should be one of gratitude and thanks unto our Savior. And stop and consider how a spirit of gratitude toward God will change your day. Someone called me the other day and said, you know, and it was a voicemail. I didn't get to talk to them on the phone, and they're just talking to me through the voicemail. And they said, you know what? I finally decided to just forgive some people. And I realized their end. <laughs> And I really feel bad for them, but God has given me some joy back in my life. Not because of their circumstance, but because I understand I have an opportunity to witness to them and share the truth with them. I mean, they were just telling me all this stuff. 
And it's a struggle in their life. (laughs) And yet they came to the place where God got a hold of their heart. Are you with me? And said, here's what you need to do with that. And they called me and they said, Preacher, you know what? I'm just so thankful today because. (laughs) And it caused my heart to rejoice. I was thinking about what God did in their life. Are you with me? (laughs) What they did with them. So stop to consider how the spirit of gratitude toward God will change your day, even your view of a situation. Our Heavenly Father should receive continual thanks from His children. And there are so many reasons and opportunities to give thanks to the Lord. And, and would you say that your life, it's a common practice to thank God continually? Would you say that's your life? That I, I live that way, I continually thank God. Because <laughs> isn't that what the Bible's teaching us? And so there are so many reasons. And by the way, the, this is not a matter of just trifle statements, I don't think. I think this is really thanking God. I think it's really giving thanks to the Lord for who He is and what He's done. I believe it's a sincere action of the heart. So, reasons to thank the Lord continually. Now, I need you guys to speak up when you do this, okay? I don't want you to mumble. But, Jim, you're going to do the first five. You look at the sheet while Jim is reading these. I want you to look at reasons, opportunities to thank God. So, Jim, if you'll do the first five and speak up so folks can hear you. Say the reference and then the verse. 2 Samuel 22:50. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord. Among the heathen I will sing praises unto thy name. 1 Chronicles 16:8. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. 1 Chronicles 16:34. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 34. Sing unto the Lord, all ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 30, 12. To the end that my glory, to the end that uh, my glory may sing praises to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Okay, just a moment, Chris. Now I want you to look at those, just what he just read. And I want you to look at why we're to give thanks. What are reasons right there? Just opportunities. And he says, therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the, what? Heathen. You see, those that are unsaved, we ought to be thankful to God, amen, around them. They need to know that we're thankful to God. (laughs) Those that are unsaved, those that know not God, he said in the midst of them, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. (laughs) Isn't that what we ought to do? (laughs) And you look at these verses and give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Tell people what God has done. Tell people what God has done. And you can just go on. I'm not going to go through each verse, but I want you to really consider this. Uh, Brother Chris, verses 6 through uh, 10 there, if you will. Psalm 75, 1. Unto thee, O God, do I give thanks. Unto thee do I give thanks. For that thy name is near... Thy wondrous works declare. <clears throat> Psalm 97, 12. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 106, 47. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to, thy, and to triumph in thy praise. 
Psalms 111, verse 62. At midnight I will rise and give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. And Psalms 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Yeah, just simply that, isn't it? The Lord's good, isn't he? I, I, I like, Brother Chris, the verse, and at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee. When do you wake up to tell him thank you? <laughs> you know, he said, I'll rise at midnight and give thanks unto thee. It's time to get up and give thanks to the Lord, isn't it? You know, when you awake at night, it's not always just because you're restless and you don't think that you can sleep. It's opportunity to give thanks unto the Lord, amen? And it doesn't matter the time or the hour, you can give thanks unto the Lord. Brother David, verses 11 through 15, uh, if you'd read there, Psalm. Psalm 136, 2. O give thanks unto the God of God. Psalm 136, 3. O give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Psalm 136, 26. O give thanks unto the Lord of Heaven. Psalm 140, 13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Colossians 3, 17. In whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this with you tomorrow. When you wake up to pray or you go to bed tonight to pray, here's a 15 reasons to give thanks to God, isn't there? 15 different things. 15 different reasons. Now listen, I only gave you 15. Do you know how many I can find, Chris? It was insane. I was like, okay, let me nail it down to about 15. Because <laughs> that breaks up to three people real well. <laughs> but you can go through your Bible and find how many reasons to give thanks unto God. So here's the challenge tonight. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give what? Thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. When you go to bed tonight to pray, thank the Lord continually. Here's a bunch of reasons to do so. Look in your Bible. You'll find more than 15. There's a lot of reasons to...